Welcome to the Bible Questions podcast brought to you by BibleQuestions.org and the Holly Street Church of Christ. This podcast is dedicated to answering your Bible questions from the Bible. My name is Jeff, and along with Brian, we are the hosts of this program. Welcome to the Bible Questions podcast. My name is Brian, and alongside is Jeff. Jeff, how are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing real well. It's uh, like we have a, a good session ahead of us tonight. Yeah, really looking forward to it. In fact, Alan Hitchin has joined us, and Alan, certainly great to have you with us again. It's really good to be back. I'm looking forward to the material tonight. I think it'll be really helpful to our listeners. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think all of us would agree that as we near the end of a year, it's just sort of natural, you know, to look back at the previous year, kind of maybe look at how things went with our job and our family. But I guess if we had to sort of rank things to look back at, we'd want to probably put the spiritual number one, right? How things have gone with us spiritually. And so, Alan, sounds like tonight we're going to explore kind of looking back from a spiritual perspective at the previous year. So you want to give us an idea of what we'll be talking about tonight? Yeah. For the last 30 years, I have been preaching a sermon at the end of the year and then another sermon at the beginning of the next year, looking at the verses that God has given to us that are so critical and so important. The sooner we learn these things and the more often we think about them, the better we're going to be as far as preparing ourselves for eternity. So at the end of each year, then we look back and we repent of those things we failed to do. Because if we set goals at the beginning of each year and then we go back at the end of the year to look back on what we've done, then we can make assessments and fix the things that we failed to do, start thinking about what we would might, might want to do next year. And as I say, there's some really important scriptures that we want to look at. And the first one is found in Psalms 39, verses 4 through 7. And Jeff, if you'd like to read that for us, appreciate it. Certainly. Lord, make me to know my end, and what is the measure of my days? that I may know how frail I am. Indeed, you have made my days as handbreadths, and my age is as nothing before you. Certainly every man at his best state is but vapor. Surely every man walks about like a shadow. Surely they busy themselves in vain. He heaps up riches and does not know who will gather them. And now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. I think we all agree that this is a very humbling passage of Scripture. And it's important for us to assess this at least once a year. At least once a year, I like to read this verse, and I like to talk about this verse to those people that I'm working with at any local church, because this passage describes life in a very important way. So he begins and you could look at this as a prayer. It is a song in the Psalms, but it's also worded as a prayer. So, O oh Lord, make me know my end. And this is a way of thinking. It's a way of thinking that, as I said, we're not accustomed to doing. Most of the time, we're too focused on our life, on our family, on our jobs, on our hobbies, on things that are important to us. But if we do that, if we focus too much on that, then we lose sight of what he's saying here. So at the end of each year, I like to talk to each of us about whether or not 
we have done this yet? Do we know our end? Have we measured our days? Do we realize how frail we actually are? Because God indeed has made our days just like handbreadth. And so each year is a handbreadth. And my age is nothing before God because we're just a vapor. The idea of a vapor, of course, is that in the morning when you get up, oftentimes you'll see that mist that as soon as the sun gets up, it begins to dissipate. And the same thing in verse 6, every man walks like a shadow. So, as I said, this passage is designed by God to help us realize that if we're not preparing for eternity, if we're not preparing for the time when we are no longer in this life and we have moved on to the next life, and let's face it, friends, this year we have all seen someone we know who has, is no longer with us. They weren't planning on dying, but suddenly they were gone. And this passage is saying it's important for each of us to realize, whether we're 20 or whether we're 50 or whether we're 80, that we need to be looking at our end. And if every year at the end of the year, we take some time to look at these things, it's going to give us a very important perspective. Yeah, while I was reading that passage, the uh, you know, one of the words that caught my eye was the term vapor. And I think you were trying to like compare it to uh, fog, for instance. What popped into my mind, you know, given the time of year, is like when you go outside, you start your car, there's the, you know, vapor that kind of comes out of the tailpipe. Or if it's cold, you know, your breath, you know, condenses and is just there for a moment and it's gone. And that is certainly a uh, very different than, as you said, the kind of attitude that, that many of us have about, you know, what we're planning on doing today, what we're planning on doing tomorrow, next week, next month, when in reality, life is short and fairly uncertain. In fact, even uh, James 14, New Testament, talks about it. you do not know what will happen tomorrow for what is your life. It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. That's exactly right. And it's so important that Christians start looking at life from this perspective. And a lot of the verses that I've chosen to look at are also so important to our consideration and remembering because if we don't do this, we're going to wake up one day before God and we won't be as prepared as we had hoped that we would be. Yeah, it's interesting, Alan, you know, we've talked about, you know, life as a handbreadth, life as a vapor. You know, I'm also reminded of like what we see with the more old fashioned hourglass that has, you know, like a timer where it start the sand starts at the you know top of the glass and you know kind of runs through the uh, the narrow opening and then you know fills the bottom. Only so much time is allotted to us. Uh, and of course, we don't know how long that lasts for us, but it is finite. And that kind of brings us, you know, back again to not only the, the finiteness of life, but also the uh, the brevity. And at least from our perspective, the uh, uncertainty, uh, again, of, of not really knowing what, you know, tomorrow may bring. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Because as you mentioned earlier, most people look at their lives as something that will continue and will continue. We never think about 
that life is going to come to an end. This is especially true of young people, people in their 20s and 30s. God put eternity into our hearts. That's something that's said in the book of Ecclesiastes. And there's no question that we feel eternal. And our spirits are eternal, but our bodies are not. And so as our bodies go through changes from the rigor and strength and capacity of youth, and then as we pass through middle age, and then we pass into old age, and with each passing year, the sands of time are flowing through this hourglass, just like hand breaths. And every year, I can look at how much time has passed and realize that that's less, that's that much less time that I have left. And when we stand before the judgment bar of God, we're stewards. We're stewards of God's time. We're stewards of God's possessions. We're stewards of God's, the mind that he gave to us and has certain expectations about our own personal growth. And each year he's watching to see whether or not we do know our end, whether or not we do know how frail we are, and that we need God to take us into the next step. And so there's another passage you want to look at that we can tie this all together. Brian, would you like to read Psalms 90, verses 10 through 12? Uh, Yes, here it says, We finish our years like a sigh. The days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength, they are 80 years. Yet their boast is only labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. So teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So, just as he talks about our best state is but a vapor, and our we walk about like a shadow, and now the author takes us a little bit further, God, of course, the Holy Spirit being the author, we finish our years like a sigh. So you take a deep breath, and you let it out, and you feel that sigh, and that's exactly how God wants us to look at our life. That's how we're going to finish our years. We'll look at a passage a little bit later where Job says, I came in naked, I'm going to leave it naked. And we look at the passage where Paul says, we brought nothing in, and it's certain that we can't take anything out. And so the days of our lives are 70 years or possibly 80 years. And of course, with technology the way it is now, we see people moving into their into their 90s, but we also see the productivity getting less and less. And so the best we can hope for is only labor and sorrow. And as you think about that, as I said earlier, every year people we love and people we know are leaving us. Friends, teachers, coaches, uh, co-workers, mothers, fathers, And so, over the years, there's a lot of sorrow stored up for us. But it's also an opportunity for us to realize that the things we think are fixed and constant, they're not. And that's what the end of each year is designed to tell us. We're moving down the line from one-year-old to 50 to 70, and God wants us to understand that Sooner than we think, it'll be cut off. It'll come to an end. And sooner than we think, we're going to fly away. So verse 12 says, teach us to number our days. So as I said, I like to number each year. And I look at them like mileposts. I have a journey, you have a journey. We start at 
mile one or kilometer one and we move through our lives to 10, 15, 25, 35, and of course at 35 and 40, we're halfway there. We're halfway, we've lived half of our life and probably the most productive half of our life because those were the days of youth when we had our greatest strength and our greatest mental capacity. As we move into our 50s and 60s, we start to see a decrease in those things. And so God wants us to understand this so that we can gain a heart of wisdom. So at the end of each year, I like to get us conditioned to realize that another year has been spent. Another year is gone. Are we happy with what we did in this last year? Is our personal growth and development? Did we learn to pray more? Do we know more about the Bible? Have we gained a better ability to talk to our friends and neighbors about the Lord? And have we taken care of the responsibilities and training our children and taking care of our wives and our husbands and watching our parents as they age and requiting them and taking care of them? And these are all things to think about year by year by year by year. And so each year is so important. And it's spent. We've spent it. This year is drawing to a close. We had it. Now it's gone. Now we're going to have another year. And if we start accustoming ourselves to thinking like this, thinking that we need a heart of wisdom, we need to number our days, we need to be thinking along the lines of numbering our days, making us know our end and the measure of our days, and starting to feel our frailty. Because as Jesus told Paul, my strength is developed in weakness. The more weak we are as human beings, the more we will tend to rely on God. Yeah, you know, it's interesting in this psalm we just read, Psalm 90, it talks about, you know, the days of our lives are 70 to 80 years. And in the passage that we read before that in Psalms, it talks about, you know, every year is like a hand breath, which some of our listeners might not be familiar with, but as I understand it, it kind of denotes something that's very short or brief. So you, when your hand is open, the distance between your palm and the top of your finger is pretty short. So from a spiritual perspective, it's saying, you know, our life is short, really, in essence, certainly compared to eternity. And even though our lives may be 70 to 80 years, that's really best case, right? We know so many people that never even make it to 70 to 80 years. So I guess the point here I'm trying to make is that when we look back at the end of a year, which may be our last, you know, it's something God wants us to do, not so much because life is short, but because we should continually be assessing if what we accomplished this past year is meeting God's standard. And as you alluded to, Alan, at the beginning of the podcast, we might have to ask ourselves, did I fall short and therefore should repent? Uh, have I grown? Those kinds of things. And anyhow, would you agree by doing this, this is exactly how we can gain this heart of wisdom that we just read about? Exactly. And that's what each year, you know, at the end of each year, most cultures look at it and then prepare for the new year. For the Christian, it's so much more important. This may be my last year, my last full year. Next year, we may not make it to the end. And the question for each one of us is, if I had to die tomorrow, would I be really happy with what I have, what I've done? Can I go before God and say, Father, I really use my time well. You asked me to learn how to be a teacher, and I became a teacher. You asked me to 
grow and put on the fruits of the Spirit, and you ask me to remove the wickedness, and you ask me to put you first and seek you first, and I did it. And this last year proves it. But did it? I mean, how many of us looking back on the last year, this last year that we've used, did we squander it on ourselves? Did we just use it to make money? And there's nothing wrong with making money. But as we make the money, as Paul said, let him who stole steal no more, but let him labor that he may have to give to those who have need. Have I learned that? There's so many things, the vain manner of life that's been handed down from our fathers, and now we have to, by the renewing of our minds, be transformed into what God wants us to be, and we have just a short period of time to do that, and each year we need to make progress. So as we look back on this last year, which may be our last year, may not be, we do have 70 to 80 to look forward to unless something happens, but we never know when that's going to happen. And to go before, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God if we're not as prepared as we could possibly be. And God talks about this. The book of Ecclesiastes has a lot of very profound proverbs that are very helpful to us. So, Jeff, would you like to read Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 and 2? Sure. To everything there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die. And I suspect we'll be talking here not only about a time to die, but a time to reflect (laughs) and and look back and, of course, look forward as well. Sure. And a trip to the graveyard. Now, our culture here in America, we put a stone over the grave, and we put the year they were born and the year that they died. And the time in between, like I say, sometimes they were born in 1970 and they died in the year 2000. They were born in 1980 and they died in the year 2010. They lived 30 years. Other people were born in 1950 and now they're dying 2020 and they've lived to be 70 years old. And so there is a time to be born and we've already passed that time. But to have a heart of wisdom We need to be factoring in a time to die. I'm not talking morbid death here. I'm talking the realization that this is a time for us to prepare for eternity. This is a time where our eternal destiny is being determined. And every year we pass, I mean, as I say, we only have, at the best, 70 to 80 years. Most of us don't become a Christian or don't really understand what it is to be a Christian until we're in our 20s. Some of us learn even later than that. And at some point in our Christian life, at some point in our relationship with God, we really need to learn that we are just a vapor and that we just don't know. And Jesus says, you need to be like a worker who is waiting for his master's return to assess what he's done with his day. It's just like every one of our employers. We go to work in the morning. And the employer has certain expectations about what we're going to get done by the end of the day. And this time to be born and time to die, God is very interested. And so those who have a heart of wisdom are preparing and planning. Because once we're born, those sands begin to flow. And as I said, as you look at an hourglass, you start to realize that sand is running out. And so there's another passage that I'd like uh, Brian to read, and that's Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 9. 
Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. And once again, you know, you look at this and you say, how morbid? Why would I want to think about death? But in another passage in Ecclesiastes, it says it's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting, because it's the end of all men and the living will take it to heart. The point he's making is that whenever we go to a funeral, we're seeing the end of man. And we're seeing the fact that one of these days, that's going to be me. And that's not a morbid thought. That's teaching us to number our days. That's teaching us to understand that we're going to go out like a sigh. We're going to go out like a vapor. And so while we're here, whatever your hand finds to do. You know, Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 12. He tells us that we are all members of Christ's body, and some of us have one ability, just like the hand or the foot or the eye. We all have abilities, and so we are to make an assessment, and then we are to do that with all of our might. And so once again, as I look back on this year, did I do that? If I have a a gift to learn the scriptures, how much effort did I put into it? If I have the gift of giving a portion of my money to the Lord, how did I do with that this year? And so we look back on the year, as I said, to if we have to repent of anything, we don't want to go before God with something that hasn't been taken care of. And so it's so important that we do this. You know, as you were talking, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, indeed, this topic that you know we're talking about tonight could be viewed as being kind of morbid, kind of depressing. And I suspect part of that is due to our living in the present and or our culture that tends to isolate or sanitize death, so to speak, isolate it out to, you know, cemeteries, for instance, or yes, an occasional reminder regarding, as you mentioned, the funerals and such, because, you know, we're all, you know, living for the day. We're, you know, as you said, actively involved in you know, planning for today, planning for tomorrow, doing our work today, anticipating what's going to happen tomorrow. We're all, as I said earlier, kind of living in the present. And for us to pause and say, well, yeah, but it's finite, it's limited, it's uncertain. I mean, we've, again, talked about living, you know, to 70 or 80. But as you said, some people, you know, don't live that long. And even we're not even guaranteed the next moment, the next breath. So there should be that sense of temporariness that sometimes gets plastered over or or whitewashed, if you will, you know, by our culture. But as the verses, you know, you're pointing out, life is indeed, you know, short and temporary and to a great deal uh, uncertain. And kind of because of that, you know, there are verses that remind us to be, as you said, you know, diligent about doing things and not letting the time go to waste. That's exactly right. I still remember when I went through the book of Ecclesiastes for the first time. And it is such a depressing book when you first go through it, because living in this world, most worldly people don't want to think about death. They don't want to factor that in because they're not living for eternity. They're living for the here and the now. But Christians are different. We are strangers and pilgrims. We are aliens. This world is not our home. And we are working toward spending eternity with God. And so it's very important that at some point, the earlier the better, we stop thinking about this life 
and we start thinking about the life to come, and we start thinking about the portal or the doorway that's going to bring us to the life to come, and that's death. And Paul's very interesting when he speaks of this in Philippians. He says, to depart and be with Christ is very far better. He says, to die is gain. And so, the Christian who recognizes that eternity is so much more important than the temporary nature of this life will gradually let go. And if you don't do that in your youth, we have something in in America called a midlife crisis. And a midlife crisis is that moment where you start to realize that the time I've spent is much longer than the time I'm going to have, and I'm not prepared. There's nothing to look forward to. But for the Christian, there will never be a midlife crisis if they've made this transition. And that's why the end of each year is a good time. The end of each year is the death of one year and the beginning of the next year. Just like the end of our life will be the death to this world and the beginning of the world to come. And God has just been very insistent that we live our lives with that kind of an attitude. Well, and also, I think related to this, since you mentioned Ecclesiastes, there's a verse I'm reminded of, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, particularly dealing with, you know, the youth, the, the I think earlier, uh, I can't remember the exact word you used, but, you know, the, those who think they are invincible or that life will go on forever, like growing up, I, I remember summer seemed to last so long. And now it seems like the year just dips by. But the verse I'm, I'm thinking of is Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9, which says, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes. But know that for all these, God will bring you into judgment. So very important, regardless of our age, to uh, be aware of the, I don't know, should I say the, the, the ticking clock, so to speak? Yeah. That's a good point. And the verse you read is such a crucial transition. And God wants us to use our youth. Rejoice in your youth. The 20s, the 30s, even into the 40s, and some even into their 50s. They have the ability, they have their health, they have their strength, they have their vigor. And rejoice in that and choose the things that you want. But start bringing into your consciousness that the judgment day is coming. And with every passing year, it's getting closer. So the end of each year is a perfect time to assess where we are and where we want to be. We've spent this year. It's gone. The next year is coming. What do we want to do? If we don't assess what we did this year, then we're not going to be in a position to be looking forward to the next year. And as I said, if we're squandering our days and squandering our times, the time to think about that is right now. If we didn't attend services every week, if we didn't learn how to worship God, if we're not praying without ceasing, if we are not growing in the spiritual responsibilities and obligations, shame on us. And this time of the year is a good time to think about that and then prepare for the next year. And so let's look at another verse. Brian, why don't you read actually two verses, 1 Timothy 6, 7, and Job chapter 1 and verse 21. 1 Timothy 6, 7 says, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And then Job one twenty one, he says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. So these two passages help us understand the finite nature of life. You know, we spend most of our time with the physical, 
because that's what this life is all about. And so we come into the world with nothing. We grow up. We reach an age where we can start into employment. We marry. We have children. We gain. We hopefully have the ability to build a house or to live in a house. And we gain the ability to get certain possessions that are ours. But at the moment we die, we can't carry anything out. These are all temporary things. And they're crucial to the comfort of this life, but they have very little value to the life to come. And so the things that we now consider to be most important will be meaningless, totally meaningless, the day we die, because we can't carry any of that out. And so if we're not investing in our spiritual future, if we're not investing in our eternal future, then we are actually squandering Because God doesn't care if we enjoy the things of this life. That's why he created them. But what he does care about is whether that's all we want to do or whether or not his needs and his his desires are as important to us as our own. So as Job said, I came out naked. And we've all witnessed this. We see a young child coming into the world with nothing. And the thing that's startling is we're going to leave naked. We're not going to be able to take anything out with us. And so in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, we're told it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. And so, again, every year is a chance to reflect on this. And it's not morbid. It's critical. It is truth. It is what God is helping us to understand is that... And there's another passage in Ecclesiastes that says, Better is the day of one's death the day of one's birth. And the reason he says that is because the transient temporary nature of this life will ultimately give way to the eternal, permanent, and fixed life where it will be very far better. And the sooner I can start living my life with death in mind, the quicker I'm going to gain a heart of wisdom, and the quicker I'm going to start using my time properly. And if we can force ourselves at the end of each year to assess whether we're doing that or not, it's going to be time very well spent. Those hours that maybe in the next few weeks as we look at the opportunities that we squandered in this life and we have the opportunity to start thinking about our future in a very different light. Yeah, it really is about perspective, isn't it? And I I like these verses because, you know, it really helps us to think about the fact that it doesn't really matter what possessions we have, what title we may gain, whether or not they put up a statue in our name, you know, all these worldly things. When you have the perspective of eternity, you quickly realize they don't really mean anything. And so, Uh, No doubt, as you mentioned, Alan, the sooner we learn the brevity of life and how the eternal is so much more important than this life. And more importantly, you know, as we set our goals and plans and, you know, we look back over the previous year, it really helps to put into focus what's important. And, you know, when I think of this idea of numbering our days, a, a good passage for us to consider is in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. And here it says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, 
what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? So, Alan, the Holy Spirit through Peter is really kind of putting it where it belongs, right? And that is, that's the central question. What manner of persons ought we to be? Exactly. And this is the transition that all of us have to make at some point in our life. At some point in our life, we have to realize that we are not just living for the here and now. You can't teach a five-year-old this. You can't really teach a 10-year-old this. And even a 20-year-old really would struggle with it. But at some point in our life, we have to realize temporary, transient, vapor, sigh, it's temporary. So verse 11, since everything that exists right now is going to be dissolved, then how much time should we spend on it? All the time that we spend fixing up material things is wonderful for the body. It's wonderful for our thinking in this life, but it has no value. And so the Holy Spirit's advice is, since these things are going to be dissolved, what kind of a person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? And that's the question at the end of each year. What kind of a person am I in holy conduct and godliness? How much have I disassociated myself with this life and with the things of this life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, removing that, preparing myself to be holy, be holy, for I am holy, uh, God says to us in the scriptures. You set yourself apart for me. You stop living the way the world lives. This is our mandate. This is our goal, is to become godly, which means we live each day with God in our consciousness. God is always watching us. But many people ignore that. The godly person never loses sight of that. And he's very concerned. When he sins, he's ashamed because he knows God saw it. And he wants to repent as quickly as possible. When someone is living godly, they look to God to please him. They want him to be happy. And every woman who is serving God wants God to look at their lives. And as I said, at the end of each year, we look back and we ask ourselves the question, did I grow in this? Do I have this awareness? And if I don't, then next year is the time to make some goals so that when this podcast is listened to again next year, and we can look back and say, okay, now I remember these verses being said last year, and I made some goals. I started to realize I need to make some changes. I repented of what I didn't do last year, and I made some goals, and now I have an opportunity, and hopefully we can look back on the future year, learning from what we didn't do in the past year, and that's a, a really important uh, concept to grapple with. And Paul really puts this into perspective in Romans chapter 13. And we're just going to look at verses 11 and 12. And Jeff, if you'd like to read that for us, I'd be real thankful. Okay. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. So Paul explains that when we're only living for the here and the now, we're still asleep. And it's high time to wake up out of that sleep. And as you look back on this last year, did you wake up? Are you more aware that we brought nothing in, we can't take anything out? The days of our lives are 70 years, reason by strength, 80 years, but it is short duration. It is soon cut off and we fly away. 
And so now our salvation is that much closer. It's one year closer. Or for many of us, it's many years closer than when we first believed. I mean, if we look back on our lives, when did we put our lives in God's hand? When did we hear and believe the gospel, repent of our sins, confess Christ, and be baptized or immersed in water for the remission of sins? That's when we first believed. Hopefully, that's what we've continued doing. But what God wants us to do is wake up. There are spiritual realities that are absolute and they're fixed. And the sooner we recognize them, the sooner we can start working within that new reality, because that new reality is the eternal reality. It is the reality that will lead us to, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in few things. I will now appoint you to many things. That's what I want to hear on the judgment day. And But the only way I'm going to hear it is to wake up and start realizing that day by day by day, we're getting ever closer. Our salvation is nearer than it ever was before. It is much nearer than when we started last year in January, and it will be much closer when we finish up the next year. So verse 12, the night is far spent. So it's interesting that God describes this life as night. And the day is at hand when eternity dawns and the true realities, all the lies of the devil, all of the wickedness of man will be swept away. And we will stand before God in our new spiritual bodies with a new life to live. And that will be the dawning day of eternity. And so each year we focus on that and we try to make it more and more true. It's going to be too late the day we die. We'll realize all of this on the day we die, and we'll regret that we didn't learn it sooner and we didn't do more. Because, as the book of Ecclesiastes pointed out, do it with your might, for there is no work in the grave where you're going. We're not going to be able to do for God what we can do for God right now. Yeah, one of the thoughts that kind of went through my mind as we're kind of talking about these different things in a worldly sense or practical sense, it might be taking physical inventory of the stock they have on hand, for instance, or, you know, after a major event or after a year, et cetera, they may, you know, pause and reflect or conduct a retrospective, different terms, different businesses use for, you know, pausing, taking some amount of time, looking back, seeing where we started, seeing where we wound up and learning from that. And, you know, again, that's just a natural thing in the business world, in the sports world, etc. And I think one of the points that we're trying to drive home to uh, the, our listeners tonight is this should be the same case in the spiritual world, that every passing year, you know, every passing you know week, every passing breath brings us just one more step closer to the end of this life, transition into the next. And so I think, again, what the point we've been trying to drive home uh, for our listeners is that we, you know, we do need to have that sense of time, that sense of urgency. And, you know, as this year kind of draws to a close, I'm certain there's a lot of people that are making all kinds of plans for what at least we here in the United States call, you know, New Year's Eve, which often is a excuse, if you will, for, you know, drunken revelry. But because of the transition of the year, it does give us, we're trying to please God, pause that opportunity, as we said, 
you know, to carefully consider. How did the year go? How much progress have we made? Where are the weak areas? You know, where are the areas where we stumbled? Where areas where we can continuously improve, et cetera. And so it's a good mark on the calendar, so to speak, to uh, incentivize us or, or motivate us to make that pause. Yeah, Jeff, that is profound. And, and I, I think that if our listeners will take that summation of what we've looked at in our, in our podcast, that they can gain that heart of wisdom. And God can look down upon them and be so pleased that we've made that transition. We've woken up out of sleep. We've begun to realize the eternal realities of this world. And we are now working within the confines of preparing for eternity. And so there's one more verse that we're going to look at. And it's a verse that is a good transitioning verse because part of the verse deals with the past and part of the verse deals with the decision to uh, live for the future. And so, Brian, if you'd like to read 1 Peter 4, uh, verses 1 through 3. Here it says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with this same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. So here's a passage that, to the future, no longer live the rest of my time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. For the past, I've spent more than enough time doing wicked things and squandering my life on myself. So December 31st is a pivotal point where we make the decision. I've spent enough time with this, whatever it is, whatever besetting sin we have, whatever weakness we have, whatever thing we've promised ourselves we're going to do, but we haven't done yet. We've spent enough of our past lifetime squandering, sleepy, not doing the will of God, not preparing for eternity, not thinking about death, not thinking about hand breaths, and the days of our years being 70 or 80, and each year passing spent. Was it spent in our past lifetime? Or has it been spent no longer living the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God? And so if we can take this changing of the year, this changing of each year, to look at these things and think about these things, we're going to do ourselves a tremendous favor. We are going to be so pleased if we put these things into action that we did this before we died because these are the things that God is intensely interested in. And if we are not interested in them, then that's telling us that to that degree, God is not our father yet. God is not our God yet. And we are not holy as he is holy. And we are not thinking the way he wants to be thinking. So as we wind down our podcast, I'd just like for all of our listeners to think about that verse in verses two and three. No longer live the rest of the time in the flesh for the less of men. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this in our podcast on the Happy New Year and what we should be looking forward to and what plans we should be making. Because again, in verse 3, I've spent more than enough time. My past lifetime has been spent. I might be 20, I might be 50, I might be 80 as I'm hearing this podcast for the first time. 
and I've spent more than enough time wasting my life. And looking back on that, I need to repent of it. And I need to tell God, I'm so sorry, I'm awake now, and now I want to spend the rest of my life not doing those things, but for the will of God. And so each year, I make a plan, I make a decision. How am I going to spend the rest of my time this year? What am I going to do with my life this year? What goals, what plans, what opportunities? Not physical goals, but spiritual goals, spiritual resolutions. And this is so important. And God has given us, and these, this is just a small portion of the verses that God has given to us to wake us up that this life is transient, this life is temporary, this life really isn't our life at all. It is only the preparations for what we're going to be doing in eternity. And if we squander these short 70 to 80 years and miss out on eternity, we're going to be weeping and gnashing our teeth. And so I'd just like for all of our listeners to carefully consider these things and see if these things fit their life now and if they don't make whatever steps are necessary so that the next time we have this podcast, you'll be able to hear these words and smile realizing, I got it. I understood it. I've made the changes. And now I'm just keeping doing the same thing, trying to grow and become the kind of person I need to be. Alan, appreciate these good thoughts. And, you know, no doubt we should take them to heart. You had mentioned that this is a two-part series. Just wondering if you can tell the listeners what you'll be covering when you talk about sort of looking forward to the new year. Well, we're going to be talking about the goals that God wants us to set, the fruits of the Spirit, adding on your part in Second Peter chapter 1. How are we doing with adding to our faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, etc.? We're going to look at the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, if you are building your life on my words, you are building on the rock. And so we're just going to be looking at scriptures that are so wonderful in directing us to the goals that we should set. So next year we will have even more successes and even more personal growth and spiritual growth and even more things to bring to our God and show him that we've traded and made gain. Excellent. Look forward to that and encourage our listeners to listen for that as well. And for some additional material on this topic and some of the different things that we discussed, if you go to our website, biblequestions.org, You'll see an alphabetical index there, and if you choose the letter A, you can find more material on the afterlife, G for growth, C for Christian living, J for judgment, and W for wisdom. So some additional material on those topics. Encourage you to visit that and encourage you to join us next time when we look forward to the new year. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Bible Questions podcast. We invite you to visit our website at biblequestions.org, where you can find over a thousand scripture-filled articles on a wide variety of Bible topics, along with about two dozen free Bible study lessons and other Bible study aids. Plus, you can submit a Bible question to us to get a personal response within a couple of days. Check it all out at biblequestions.org.